Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. I've got Gabe Boyd and Mike Thornberry with me. Um, just two of the usual guys. It's good right? to be here. Two, yes. Yep. Excited. It is. I, you know what? It, when people say it's good to be here and then people say it's always better than the alternative, and I'm always like, the alternative for me is heaven. So, <laughs> so this, is, this is not better, but it's, uh, it's, it's good. It'll do. It'll do. It'll yeah, do. Hey, cool. so we've got um, – I normally don't do um, – date specific topics right i don't look at the calendar and say hey such and such is coming up let's do an episode on this this or this right um but i listened to the wisdom of mike thornberry oh no it's always a good place to start (laughs) (laughs) and he he said hey why don't we do a a special episode for valentine's day on what is love so here we are i love it (laughs) i love it yeah i mean i think it's great yeah, we're going to wear this one out, I'm sure. Okay. So, so we're, Gabe, we're going to throw this to Mike, and he's going to take it from here, and then we're going to respond to the, to the great truths and wisdom that he throws out on what is love. I can't wait to learn. So All this right. is good. Over the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll start this proper. So uh, I didn't learn what love was till late in life. Or maybe better said, I didn't learn the proper definition of love until late in life. Yeah. So, really, this is countering what we normally hear on Valentine's Day to make sure we're properly rooted in what love actually is. Yes. So, uh, it was in my 30s that I learned what the definition of love, and this is the one I I memorized, uh, and then this is the one I've taught my boys. Right. So, love is the commitment of my will to the betterment of your need, regardless of the cost to me. Uh, Now, that's, that's not me getting smart and writing it down. That's me stealing from Tim Kimmel, yeah. mm-hmm. who wrote Gracefield Marriage. So it's a commitment of my will to the betterment of your need, regardless of the cost to me. Yes. Which is not what Valentine's Day is about at all. It is not. <laughs> but it should be. It should be. So uh, for me, coming to that realization, what love really was, uh, I don't know, what, maybe the best way to say it is maybe the single thing in my life where I kind of understood it after I knew the definition was reflecting back, not to my wedding, because that was all about me. Mm-hmm. She committed to make me happy the That's rest right. of my life. That's right. But it was when my oldest was born. Okay. So now my oldest is born, and I'm holding him, and I'm like, the, the sudden realization that I will do anything for you, mm-hmm. that, that self-sacrificing, unconditional right. love, or as the Bible says, agape, I get it. Now, I didn't realize that's what I felt. Until I had somebody write it down like Tim Kimmel and say, that's what love actually is. And unfortunately, we have co-opted Valentine's Day into a definition of love that has nothing to do with actual love. So, instead of waiting till my boys are 35 to figure this out. You started at a younger age. I started when they were young. And even better, as soon as they brought the girl home that they wanted to date. Yeah. I would tell the girl what the definition of love was, too, in front of them. This is what you can expect. So this is what you should expect. If yep. you can't operate to this standard, then it's not really love. Yeah. 
And, there, and there's so much more we can talk about. I'll pause there. Well, so I went ahead and, and decided um, that I would help out Mike um, <laughs> by looking at the world gives us definitions of love. Um, so, I, you know, I went to some movies, right, which, which I thought that's, that's where I'm going to find out the definition of love. That's where a lot of people were learning their definitions. Yeah, yeah love, exactly. So I learned mine there. Movie. That's and, how and I learned I'm, it. And I'm just going to tell you that they weren't all bad, though. Okay? They weren't all bad. Um, I went to Frozen. I don't know if you remember, Olaf gives you a definition of love, and he says, love means putting the needs of others ahead of your own. And I was like, Olaf. Yeah, he's in the right neighborhood. <laughs> well, yes. Like, that was, that was pretty good. Now, he didn't add, you know, regardless of the cost to me. Yes. Right? And it's not a commitment of my will to do it, but I was still, that was a good start, right? Yeah. It's not about a feeling. It's not about, you know, um, something that I want or desire, right? I was like, you know, Olaf says love means putting the needs of, ahead of, of others ahead of yourself. Um, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, the boys uh, and I uh, sat down with Trisha and we uh, exposed them to the great love movie, uh, Jerry Maguire. Oh, no. We're, we're <laughs> <laughs> you had me up until you said Jerry Maguire. <laughs> where they, uh, we got to fast forward a couple scenes, <clears throat> but where we learned that uh, love means you complete me. Uh, and I know that a lot, here's, here's my thing. Okay. I know that a lot of people have a significant problem with that. And I will say that I agree that that is not a good definition of love, but I will say this. I do think it is an appreciation that the other person brings to the table things that you don't have and you recognize that. And, and I, 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 you know, I know that's not what the statement means, but I was trying to find the, uh, the best out of it. So, uh, and then I went to Princess Bride. Right, which is it's your favorite, a classic, which, exactly. Which favorite. is where you go for everything, and of course, when are we going to do the Princess Bride podcast? We just need to have a Princess Bride podcast, just, <laughs> right? And uh, and I remember, you know, um, obviously, there's there's a whole part on true love, right? And what is true love? But my favorite part of that um, is the definition of love is Wesley's um, statement, right, to Buttercup, right? It's always as you as wish, as you wish, right? And again, it's that same concept. It it is a commitment of his will to the betterment of her, regardless of the cost to him. That's what As You Wish meant. Yes. They just didn't write it down that way. So I thought, you know what's kind of interesting is like Hollywood is in the neighborhood sometimes of a halfway decent definition of love. So that's, that's what I thought I'd add to that conversation. Gabe, what, you're sitting here thinking, absorbing yeah. some of this. Yeah. I, I, man, there's so many good things that you guys are saying. Um, and uh, I think the part that I'd like to expound on a little bit is is this idea of I heard a guy say one time that uh, love by its very nature has got to be free, uh, and just that thought of as soon as as soon as a relationship um, or in air quotes love becomes conditional. Mm. Uh, then it's no longer love yeah. that if I'm behaving or acting or treating someone uh, in a way because I'm expecting something back from them, uh, then I've removed uh, the, the motivation that love is, is that I, I love you enough to do whatever it is for you, as you wish, right? Yeah. Uh, with no expectation that I will get anything in return. So, so Gabe literally just rephrased C.S. Lewis, who said this. Love is never wasted, for its value does not rest upon reciprocity. Right? So you can give love expecting nothing in return. Hmm. Right? And it's never a wasted, even if it's not yes. returned. Right? So you, you and C.S. Lewis are very, very much in the wow. same I'm not category. Sure if, I'm not sure if that's true. <laughs> it's, it is. It's just, C.S. Lewis said it a little bit shorter. Yeah, but, and he used reciprocity, too. which yeah. is, you know, the 25-cent word. Bigger of, words, yeah. Yeah, of saying, yeah. 
something not returned. But yeah, I love I, I, I love that concept though because a lot yeah. of people, especially in marriage, oh, right, we think about the idea of you know, um, and I think the world tells us this right. Love is a fifty fifty relationship, right? You give so that you get, mm-hmm. right? And that's the exact opposite of the concept of love, yeah, right. Yeah. And it's the exact opposite of the concept of what when God describes Himself as love. Right, he loved us when we were yet sinners. We could not give anything in return, and so you see that picture of love over and over in Scripture, right, as something that is given that doesn't have to have something in return. Yeah, it, both of these comments remind me of when we went through Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage, yeah. where he clearly articulates, Gabe, what you were talking about: the difference between a consumer love mm. and a covenant love. You know, in culture, I'm only in this relationship. As long as you're making me happy. Yep. So there's the 50-50. That's yep. a consumer relationship where as long as what I'm putting in returns something on my investment, I'm willing to stay in. But God's like, no, I have a covenant with you. A covenant is a promise of future love regardless of your action. Regardless. Yep. So it's good. Unfortunately, that is, we gloss over that. And unfortunately, we're really old. Most of the movies you referenced were in the 80s outside of McGuire. That's that's not bad. <laughs> what is wrong with that? All the, Nothing. All the good We've just, unfortunately, that. culture's gone even farther yeah, away from that's that. That's true. To where love now is physical pleasure. Right. It's eros. Right. So we're just we're getting farther and farther away from what the truth is. Yeah, I, I read one time. Just just I think it's good to help identify what what we believe it to be yeah. uh, according to scripture, but also some really wise people. Uh, but I also read um, that it's counterfeit. The, the counterfeit of love, so this would be like a fake love, mm-hmm. would be selfish affection. Yeah. Uh, so this is, it, this is exactly what you guys are talking about of the 50-50, right? Uh, this guy writes uh, that you are attracted to someone and treat them well because of how they make you feel about yourself. Yes. Uh, and I thought, man, that's, that's so true, especially, Mike, I, I know like you're talking about this is how you went into marriage. Yeah. Uh, I think this is how a lot of, a lot of young men are going into dating. Um, is with this with, with this counterfeit love of selfish affection. So, so uh, again, uh, Gabe has just rephrased <laughs> C.S. Lewis. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Gabe is like. He's on, on this, it today. He's on like this totally different plane than the rest of us. Like you and I did not bring our A game. Yeah, we had all these notes, and I Gabe know. just came with himself. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe's just coming. So I'm, I'm reading um, the Great Divorce. Uh, oh, by yeah. C.S. Lewis, and he's, uh, it's the, you know, the busload of people who go to heaven. Um, and in this one particular part, um, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis is, is describing, you know, between the characters of what love is. And um, it says, uh, love is uh, most often on earth, um, uh, the, it's, he doesn't say cheap substitute, but, but, it, what, but it's, it's the desire to be loved, right? And so often, instead of giving love, what we do is, right, we want to be loved. And so we, we consider that affection or that relationship with somebody else love when actually what we really want is we want to be loved ourselves, mm, right? And, and a lot of that concept that we talk about is, right, love is, I mean, as, as you said, right, you know, the commitment of my will for the betterment of somebody else, regardless of the cost to me, love often comes at a sacrifice to ourselves as opposed to a benefit to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's, I think that's what the world you know, has, has taken and warped, right, is we've made love a feeling on how I feel as opposed to how does the other person feel because of what I've done? Yeah. Does the other person feel loved and accepted and, and, you know, and warm and genuine? And, you know, do you, do you make the other person better because of what you've given to them? And that's, that's what love is. 
And I, I think that's, to me, it's a great reminder, right? And, and here's the thing, right? You know, to, to kind of transition into Valentine's Day, um, if you're a young man, right? Well, how do, you, how do you take this conversation, right, and go out and now navigate life, right? What, what, is that, what does that mean? How do I take these things and say, what, what, how do I go out and live this out, this principle of love, if I want to live out by God's definition of love, by a higher definition of love, as opposed to what the world tells me? What would you tell guys to do with that? I, I would say with that ground that we've laid on what love is, mm-hmm. then you don't have to find the one. There you go. You know, the Vodi Bakum has a great section on the myth of romantic love and yep. finding the one. Yep. If your concept of love is the commitment of your will to the betterment of somebody else's need, your dating pool just increased exponentially. Yes. And it also changes the lens at which you're trying to find a mate. You're not trying to find the perfect mate. You're trying to find somebody following Christ well. Yes. Because there should be doing the same thing you're trying to do is, is love others because Christ loved them. Yes. So the resume you're looking for is not a resume of accomplishment. It's a resume of humbleness and love as defined by Christ. And it doesn't depend on finding that one perfect person. Because there is no one perfect person. Right. So it, cha- it, cha- it just changes the direction in which you're pursuing a spouse. Yeah. So I've, I've often told um, young ladies this as they've been pursued by a young man. And, and, the, and the concept for them is to grasp this idea um, that you, you, you need to be very careful of when a man pursues you. Um, because we're, in a sense, we're, we're built for pursuit and we will kind of turn on, right, charms and wiles. I mean, you know I mean? Just kind of that, you know, all of a sudden you're like, hey, that's it. You know, he's a really great person. And you're like, okay, hang on. And I often say, listen, here's the deal. Look at how he treats other women in his life other than you. Yeah. How does he treat his mom? How does he treat his teachers? How does he treat, you know, a, a waitress at a, at a store? How, I mean, just, you know, all those different things. And here's the thing. If you see that consistently, um, that he is kind and respectful and generous, um, you know, and loving towards other women in his life, then it's not unusual for him to be kind and general and respectful and, and loving towards you. Yeah. But if you're the only object of his love that you see that in, then just understand that when, right, he um, marries you or gets you or, you know, you become mm-hmm. his, then he'll treat you like all the other women in his life. And I think that's a good reminder for young men is let's say you're, you're not in a dating relationship. My thing is just like, well, how are you treating the women in your life, right? Are you making their lives better because of the love that you have for them? Are you consistently um, saying, hey, okay, you know, here's my mom, here's my teacher, right? Here are different women in my life. How do I make their life better? What is it that I need to do? And, And here's the deal. For a student, right, some of that's, hey, can you sit down in class and shut up? Right and show respect for the person in authority. I mean, does that make sense? Like that's demonstrating love. It's a commitment of yeah. my will to the betterment of right your need need, which is to run a classroom. And what's the sacrifice? Being quiet. Yeah, no. and, and I know it sounds like oh, that's stupid. It's like no, no, that's learning how to love somebody else well, and that will help you because if you've learned to do that, right, then you can move to the next person and say, what do you need, and how do I fill that need right by what I can do for you, even if it costs me something. And it's just back to what Christ has told us. When asked the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God, and then love others. So if I'm taking what you just said, Dan, and saying, in any situation I'm at, I'm going to break it down to the simplest thing. Yep. Okay, how am I going to love somebody in my classroom? Yes. On the tollway as I'm driving. <laughs> like, as I see somebody with a flat tire, at, at, anything now becomes me worshiping Christ by how I'm loving in the simplest 
smallest details. Right. It's not, it doesn't have to be real complex. It has to be real consistent. Yeah. Thank goodness we've got the Holy Spirit to strengthen us through this. But man, it changes everything we do or why we do everything we do. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I, for a second, I, I want to I look at Scripture um, just because I, I, we've, when you say love, a lot of times like people go directly to romantic love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I want to broaden it because uh, we're training men here. Yep. Um, and, and I think there's some significance to talk about what this looks like inside the context of friendship as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, and you even started that a little bit, even with strangers, whether they're on the side of the road or they cut you off in traffic. Um, like, how do we do that well? And I, I think, Paul, I was reading this the other day in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4. Uh, in verses 9 and 10, he says um, just something that's, that struck me as very interesting. Um, and he says, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. So he's like, I shouldn't even have to say this. Yeah. Um, in fact, you're, you're already doing it is what he says right. in, in verse 10. For indeed... Uh, that is what you are already doing to the brothers throughout Macedonia. But then he, he finishes with this sentence. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. So he's like, I see what you're doing. I see how you're, you're going out of your way to show love and care for other people. Yep. But then he encouraged them to do it more and more. And I know that a lot of times just working with teenagers uh, or just men in general, you get tired uh, of this constant giving, right? Yeah. Uh, because everything we've talked about is at a sacrifice to my own will. Well, at, at what point do I stop giving and actually get filled back up? Mm-hmm. And so I can see even how it's easy to say, man, I, I need someone, someone to show me some affection in this, in this because I'm getting tired. Yeah. Um, and and I, think, I think that's where Paul's going with this is saying, uh, yeah, you will get tired uh, unless you, you come and you get filled somewhere else. And the place we start is is in Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, we've said it. I mean, you go to First John, he's just going to repeat it over and over on re- repeat of this idea of, man, you've already been loved. Like you've seen uh, God's love be given freely to you. You've seen Jesus sacrifice uh, his, his self for your sake, um, all out of love. But, but when we come back to this... Uh, freely given the sacrificially handed over love that God has shown us through Jesus, then it should hopefully re-energize us to then go out and reach out in love towards other people. Uh, and so I, I was just teaching on yeah. this a, a couple of weeks ago uh, at our youth group. And, and I was just, I just kept telling them, I was like, man, we've got to get into this, this frame of mind to where we are constantly dependent on the grace of God uh, as we experience his love on a daily basis so that we might then go out and hold ourselves responsible of showing that love to other people. So God's love is working in us so that it might flow through us to those around us. And then you've got this constant process of us pouring out, but then being filled up by him and then pouring out and then being filled up by him. Uh, And and, in, in this cyclical cycle, if you will, uh, you don't get tired. Yep. You don't start getting selfish. You don't uh, start looking for people to reciprocate that necessarily because it's already been given to you in the person of Jesus. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, um, the other verse that kind of jumps out to me when we talk about love is obviously 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the things that <clears throat> I think people often hear, right, is when you take out the word love and you put your own name in there, you guys ever heard that before? Yes. People do that and read it at a wedding and things like that. Let me let me just read it with my name in there and 
and show you how incredibly ridiculous that concept is. Okay. So where, where it says love in here, I'm going to put the word Dan in. Okay. It's going to say Dan is patient and kind. Dan does not envy or boast. Dan is not arrogant or rude. Dan does not insist on his own way. Dan is not irritable or resentful. Dan does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Dan bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Dan never ends. And here's the reality. That's not Dan. Dan can't do that. Yeah. So, Gabe, what you're saying is, here's the thing. If you're not getting filled up by God and, <clears throat> and giving his love to others, not your own, you will get tired. That's right. Because here's the deal. God won't. That's right. Right? God won't get tired. So when you realize that when it says love is patient and kind, love is, right, that's the description of God, not, not Dan. Mm-hmm. And so when Dan isn't patient, God is. Yeah. So I can rely upon God to be patient when I'm not. Right? When Dan is going to be rude, I'm on the tollway, somebody cuts me off, Dan's flesh you know, response is going to be rude. Right? But God's is not. Yeah. And so I can rely upon God to respond in a way that's going to be kind right to somebody who doesn't deserve to be kind because that's what he's shown me so then i can show that to somebody else but if i if i try to do this on my own strength if i just say oh i need to be a more loving person it is it's going to get tired it's going to be frustrating and then eventually right you're going to expect something in return yeah. right like i do this over and over and over again where's my return and if you don't realize right that god is the one who fills you up and he's always there ready to fill you up so the more you give out the more he fills in right it's like you know I mean, that's, that's where grace abounds, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, over and over, God wants to fill you up and do that. And so this is a great reminder to us that when we talk about God's love, it's a totally different concept than the worldly yeah. idea of love. I'm so glad you went to 1 Corinthians 13. So, so let me, in, in Jerry Bridges' book, The, the Fruitful Life, the fruitful I'm reading life. through this right now. Yes. And he actually addresses this in his chapter okay. on love. Uh, and he says, if we rephrase the virtues of love, uh-huh. which are in 1 Corinthians 13, in terms of motivational statements. So, so this is why. So instead of um, replacing my name in there, I'm going to give a why behind I want to act like this. I want to love in these ways. He says, they may sound something like this. He says, I am patient with you because I love you and want to forgive you. Mm. Does that sound like a, a familiar kind of patience yep. that the Lord would give us? Yep. I'm kind to you because I love you and I want to help you. I do not envy your possessions or your gifts because I love you and I want to have and I want you to have the best. I do not boast about my attainments because I love you and I want to hear about yours. I'm not proud because I love you and I want to esteem you before myself. I'm not rude because I love you and care about your feelings. I'm not self-seeking because I love you and want to meet your needs. I'm not easily angered by you because I love you and want to overlook your offenses. Mm. And I do not keep a record of your wrongs because I love you and love covers over a multitude of sins. First Peter 4. You know what that that's is? Good. That's a winning line right there. That is. If that's the heart you have yep. for the spouse you're pursuing. Yep. Amen. That's it. That's what you yeah. want. And then you want to find somebody else who has that same, same heart and that same desire. And the two of you put together, right, that's, that's a fantastic um, ground, right, for a marriage and a family to be built. Mm-hmm. Right? Not perfect, right, because no. we're, we're going to ruin it. But if that's the mentality that you go into it looking for, right, I want somebody that I can serve and that I can love and that, right, when they make a mistake, it's, it's awesome because, right, they've made the mistake with me and I can forgive, 
right? I'm so glad you didn't do that somewhere else where that's going to be bad. But, you know, you know, thank you for being rude to me because I can forgive that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I love you, right? And doing that with your kids. Yeah. I was going to say, it's bigger than, than a family yeah, or it's, a marriage, it's, right? It's everybody. It, it, doing that with your boss, for a right? Life. Yeah, doing well that with lived. a boss, doing that with your neighbors. I mean, imagine the concept of what life would look like differently if you practiced that out and lived it out. Mm-hmm. And, and this kind of love we're talking about exists not in the absence of judgment, but in the presence of it. In other words, I know how jacked up you are, <laughs> and I choose to love you anyways because yes. God's looking at me like, you knucklehead. Yeah. I have chosen to love you, and I know everything you've done wrong before you've done it. Yeah. That's actual love yeah. because he's not expecting anything in return. He's doing it because it's what's best for me. Yes. So we're going to announce um, that Training for Manhood is going to come out with a whole new series of Valentine's Day cards, <laughs> T-shirts, <laughs> right, with, with, a, with a different definition of love. Right. And it's going to be something that you can you can give to right your girlfriend. And it's going to be right. Mike, give us our definition again. Love is the commitment of my will to the betterment of your need, regardless of the cost to me. There you go. No training for manhood. But we're going to steal it from Kimmel. Kimmel. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Footnote Kimmel. Yeah. Footnote Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love That's it. Good. I love it. So, yeah, take that. Put it into practice. Figure out how you um, engage right in the world's celebration of love valentine's day right and do it in a way that honors a true definition of what love is how's that sound love it awesome all right guys thank you thank you for listening to training for manhood if you found the conversation to be valuable make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts also check out additional content on our website trainingformanhood.com that's training the number four manhood.com until next time In the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.